0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Temple of Geek podcast. This is Lacey Bond coming to you. And with me in the virtual studio is voice actress Sissy Jones, who you may recognize from Starfield, The Owl House, Baldur's Gate 3, etc., as well as having been a very prominent voice over the past several months as the conversations around AI and entertainment have been exploding and... Uh, I also want to say exploding and contracting, but that's not what they're doing. They're just (laughs) exploding and expanding. Ever expanding. Yes. (laughs) ever expanding world of technology in entertainment. So I met Sissy when we uh, were, we were at Comic-Con this last year, the week, the week of the week after the SAG-AFTRA strike had begun. And it was at the AI, it was at the AI and entertainment panel. Um, and it was really interesting as, um, I used to be able to game. I'm, I'm not able to anymore due to chronic pain, but I still watch cutscenes. So as a gamer, can I still consider myself a gamer if I just watch? Yes, cut you scenes? can still consider yourself a gamer. Are you kidding me? Of course. I'll just have to hire someone. I'll just coach my husband to game for me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> We've tried doing that, but we have very different play styles. I have found so I'll be like, no, just wander over there like no I need to solve this shrine I I have to be a linear (laughs) player Um, but I digress so um, if you are new to listening to entertainment news um, the Screen Actors Guild SAG-AFTRA recently suspended their strike against the AMPTP after they reached a tentative agreement and one of the big issues of that was AI so As Sissy and I were getting to know each other, she uh, had some really interesting viewpoints about AI as a performer. So how would you summarize the tentative agreement and what it means for voice actors in particular right now, Sissy?
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, I think it's important to note that um, we all know AI is here. I think trying to... uh, go back to a world where it doesn't exist is foolish and is just sticking your head in the sand for the benefit of no one. So we know it's here and we have to find a way to be a part of the conversation or get shut out of it completely. So what I've been doing over the last 18 months is, number one, working with the amazing people at the National Association of Voice Actors to come up with a framework for how we want to see AI and voiceover coexist ethically, publishing that online, and then talking with as many people as I can about what that means. And the you know the three main things about it are consent. I want to know that I am being turned into a digital voice because my voice is currently on many websites without my consent. Control. I would like to know what my voice is going to be used for and the option to say, no, I don't want to be a part of that. And compensation. We have to have fair compensation because this is our livelihood. And Listen, I know first off, I would like to dispel the myth that all voice actors are millionaires. We are not <laughs> there's a there's not a lot of money to be had as a voice actor in video games. Um, a lot of us are really struggling to make ends meet, so please dispel the myth in your mind that we are all you know sitting pretty and using a golden toilet. The second thing is that this will not just affect voice actors. You know, I've seen a lot of comments online of like, who cares? Your voice actors, you're, you're disposable. And that hurts. But also, like, if you think this is limited to my job, take a look at what you do, dear listener, and how AI will affect you in some way, shape, or form. So we're standing up and trying to say, no, we have to have framework. We have to have guidelines for this to exist in a world that will still include human beings. Because if it doesn't, suddenly universal basic income isn't the punchline of the joke anymore. If voiceover is wiped out, studio owners are wiped out, casting directors are wiped out, audio directors are wiped out. I mean, if if you know, on camera performers are wiped out within three years. IATSE is gone. IATSE is the is the group that handles all of the stuff on set, so makeup and wardrobe and lights and sound and dollies and grips and all of that work is gone. And so there has to be some accounting for the human cost of efficiency. You know what I'm saying? AI is a cool tool. There are so many really, really neat things we can do with it. I honestly believe that. But we have to do it thoughtfully in a way that does not leave humanity behind because otherwise the rich continue to get Infinitely richer. They all have, you know, a hundred yachts, and the poor and middle class will have literally nothing. I know it sounds crazy. I'm a voice actor. Like, trust me, I hear the words coming out of my head, but I have seen what can happen. We have to find a way to include humanity in this type of lightning fast technology and iteration.
0: Yeah, it's not a box that can be repackaged and put away. I've heard the comparisons to Pandora's box a lot.
1: What I'll say about the SAG contract is again, yes, we have to incorporate AI into moving forward. Absolutely. I don't feel like this contract goes far enough in protections for actors. There are too many loopholes that can be exploited. And we're essentially asking the AMPTP companies to police their own, uh, uh, you know, rules. And they have shown us that they won't. So, it makes me deeply concerned the lack of definition in this contract and just the lack of protections. I know everybody wants to get back to work. I know it's been a long couple of months. It's been really, really hard for so many people. I get that, but this will have us out of work in a matter of three or four years. It's
0: not hyperbole. Yeah. And, um, with the kind of breakneck speed that technology takes, I think something that most people don't realize is that regulation is slow. Contract law is fast, ahead of the curve. Um, Lawyers for production companies have been including the uh, use of the basically the uninhibited use of likenesses in perpetuity, this universe with any technology for for now and forever, for years. But there's still little to no regulation around AI and I wanted to learn more about what Nava does on that front because it's not just up to the workforce to demand things in contracts it's also up to the governing body because it like you said isn't just about voice actors it's not just about actors film entertainment it's very widespread and it affects so many livelihoods as we saw in in southern california And everywhere that has a film and entertainment driven economy. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's LA,
1: it's San Francisco, it's New York, it's Chicago, it's Atlanta. These are all cities that will be decimated. That notwithstanding. um, I want to take a moment to really really applaud the the founders and the people who are working so hard at NAVA, the National Association of Voice Actors. You know, I sit on the board. I was brought in after all of the AI discussions were happening, and they they thought that we should make this AI piece a steering committee through NAVA, which has been amazing. But Tim Friedlander and Karen Guilfrey, who are the president and vice president, respectively, of NAVA, are just absolutely the best of us. Um, they started this advocacy group, this nonprofit advocacy group, with the initial intent of offering access to healthcare for voice actors who don't who don't qualify under SAG regulations for healthcare. So, if you if you're not familiar with SAG, you have to book uh, jobs equivalent to twenty six thousand dollars in one calendar year to qualify for healthcare. And the vast majority, eighty six percent of SAG members on screen and voiceover, don't qualify. Going back to my, uh, you know, earlier point about how we're not all millionaires. Um, Anyway, Tim and Karin wanted to start Nava with the express purpose of offering access to healthcare and advocating for things that, you know, affect voice actors. And they did it. We actually offer access to healthcare through Nava, which if you're a member, you can access, which is incredible. Um, But then, you know, I kind of swept them into the AI discussion and they have taken the reins and... I mean, it is incredible. Tim is a machine. I, I I don't know when he, does he sleep? I don't know that he sleeps. He has done interviews with everybody from the Washington Post to the LA Times to the BBC. We have had informational town halls around the globe, you know, talking with various communities about what to watch out for. We, we advocate for both union actors and non-union actors and financial core actors, which means you kind of straddle the line between both. And he and they do it with a plum, like it is truly incredible. So through all of this work, um, we got connected, <clears throat> and I say we interchangeably because again I sit on the board, but Nav, uh, Tim, and Karin are the ones doing all the work. Um, Nava got connected with some government agencies that are looking for insight into how to craft legislation. So they have spoken with various entities, including a public roundtable with Chairperson Kahn of the Federal Trade Commission where she you know, had all of these different artists and creators on to talk about how AI is currently affecting them and what do they see is, uh, happening to their industries as this rolls forward. Um, and also, they just got back from a trip to D.C. where they met with multiple senators and people who are actually crafting the legislation. Luckily, it is a bipartisan issue. Everybody is scared, and they should be. Because it's not just us who stand to have our likenesses and our voices taken. (laughs) We've got an election coming up. You think there aren't deep fakes happening right now? So the thing that we have been told is that, you know, listen, the U.S. government and the FTC knows that, you know, social media and music streaming um, wasn't done to the best of their ability. And so they have to get this right. So yes, it's taking some time, but I believe that better angels are at work. I I, ha- I have to hope that better angels are at work, and then we'll find a way to get some actual legislation in there.
0: I didn't hit my unmute button hard enough. That's really good to hear, um, encouraging that there's actually action happening, and it sounds like reception and movement. And you raise an extremely valid point that it's not just performers, it's politicians, world leaders. There's I want to tell you a fun fact. tell me. The beginning
1: of 2022, so last calendar year, it took about 10 hours of solid recorded audio to create a believable digital double. Beginning of 2023, it took two hours. What do you want to think it is today?
0: What do you want to guess? Ooh, ooh. How fast is computation? How long is it? Five minutes? Three seconds.
1: Your outgoing voicemail message can be used. Any content you have anywhere, any podcasts you have posted, any interviews you've done, any Instagram videos saying hi to friends and family, anything can be used to create a digital double. We have gotten calls at Nava from people who said that their children, quote unquote, called them crying that they'd been kidnapped and you need to wire money to this and such a person. It was all fake. That's it's so scary. Dark. We have to have legislation. We have to have meaningful legislation. And we have to have something that keeps these companies in check because technology is neat. It's really cool. I, I worked in the Silicon Valley for 10 years before I became an actor. I watched some of this stuff from inception grow. You know, Bluetooth was new when I was working there. God, I just made myself really old. Um <laughs> But you know Napster was a thing and and all of that and and I watched it start from like this inception idea grow into like where it is ubiquitous around the world every phone has Bluetooth every car now has Bluetooth right um, but it started somewhere and it moves so quickly and it, Of course, companies want to keep iterating and moving faster, cheaper, better, stronger. Of course they do, because then they can take it to their shareholders and say, look at what we're worth. Don't you want to keep your money here longer and we'll make you rich, guy, Um, which is great. But again, there has to be be meaningful thought to the human cost of that kind of uh, speed with AI. Bluetooth, okay, neat. We're not going to have people connecting our phone and our, you know, Car and, and whatever else that doesn't that's not as effective for human employment but ai if 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 it is allowed to continue unfettered it is continuing to get better and faster and cheaper and without any sort of guardrails when does it stop where does it end how does
0: it end you know um i want to go back to the point you raised about retaining humanity Uh, Because you've recently started a company that is actor focused, that utilizes that cool technology in a hopefully ethical and non damaging way.
1: Yeah. So, listen, I feel like I've just laid this like horrible, like war strewn path. But with all of that said, again, I do believe we have to find a way to work with technology or we will be shut out of the conversation. So, in that vein, After we posted the guidelines for how we wanted to see AI and voiceover coexist, I was contacted by a friend of mine and he said, listen, I'm working with a technologist and an AI scientist. We want to make that company. We want to make a company that actually includes actors along the way that will keep people working, working and employed and receiving income. Would you like to help us? And I said, yes, absolutely. So essentially we started Morpheme which is an actual word, M-O-R-P-H-E-M-E, which is the smallest unit of language sound, Um, we started Morpheme with the concept of being actor first. So we go directly to the actor and say, hello, actor, would you like to have a digital double? Yes, no. Actor says, yes, amazing, let's schedule a recording session. Actor says, no, great, no harm, no foul, have a lovely day. We get to the recording session. We record all the things. We create a digital model of the actor. When a client engages with the actor, the client will then pay a licensing fee to the actor for use of the the voice. And anytime the voice is generated, my company, Morpheme, has to charge the client a generation fee. A percentage of that generation fee comes from us and goes to the actor every time it is used. We wanted to make something that worked for us. You know what I mean? We wanted to make something that actually keeps the actors top of mind as we move into this because if you don't have quality audio in, it's not going to be as good. And so if we're gonna be that good, it's gonna be because of the actors and we're gonna pay them for it.
0: I think that's a really cool way to surf the wave because um, there's lots of technologies that can be used for great good or for great evil. most technology I of the philosophy is morality neutral. <laughs> um, I wanted to learn more about how you actually transitioned from Silicon Valley into doing voice work and how the current landscape is for people who are starting out in that field, especially with <laughs> this whole situation.
1: Yeah. That's a that's a that's a
0: multifaceted question.
1: So um you know, I graduated from college, I had a business degree and a Spanish degree, and I moved to the Silicon Valley and I got a job working in a venture capital firm and I worked there for a couple of years and then I bounced around to a couple of startups and I, you know, I grew one company from I was employee number 4 and now it's, you know, several hundred people. So I did that and it was neat and it was interesting and I hated it. You know, I worked with some really great people. I, I learned so much. I learned how to run a business which as a, as an actor is something that they don't teach often. Um, so that's been incredibly helpful on that front, but, but I was deeply unhappy and I I felt like a square peg in a round hole. Um, I went on a trip with my husband and we were talking about, you know, you know, God, you're so unhappy. What would be your dream job? And I said, I don't know. I've always just wanted to be a voice on the Simpsons, but you probably just got to live in Hollywood. I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know it was called voiceover. And then two weeks later, <laughs> I was getting ready for work one morning and I heard Nancy Cartwright, who is Bart Simpson, on the radio as I was getting ready for work. And uh, she starts talking about voiceover and how it's this amazing job. And I, I don't know about you. There have been moments in my life that feel like a cosmic zipper. You know, like when I'm doing the wrong thing and I'm on the wrong path, I just keep hitting roadblock after roadblock after roadblock. And when I find the right path, it, everything just goes and it just comes together. And that's what voiceover was for me. You know, I started taking classes um that week. Two years later, I was able to sign with an agent, which was a fairly quick progression. Uh, I was able to sign with an agent, and uh my husband and I decided to move to LA. Um, and then it took me a while to start booking because I had to find my confidence, because it's, you know, I'm still competing against the Courtney Taylors and the Kari Walgrins and the Tara Strong's of the world. But I finally found my footing and uh you know, it it was, it was amazing and scary and awesome and terrifying and, uh, all of it wrapped into one big happy package. Um, nowadays it's so much harder. Um, and if, if, again, if AI is, is allowed to continue unfettered, um, all of the jobs that I cut my teeth on, you know, additional voices and video games, which is how I got my, my union card or, um, you know, random regional television commercials that pay a lot of bills or uh, you know, dubbing, which is how a lot of people make their um, their insurance. You know, it's a terribly paid part of the profession. Um, but it's a it's a if you get enough volume of it, it can help you get your insurance. Sound alikes I do so many celebrity sound alikes for people who can't come in and do like a movie trailer line, right? So if they're doing a, a trailer for a movie, they have to condense The story into 30 seconds. And oftentimes there's just a piece of the story that's, that you can't lift from the movie. And so they'll have me come in and pretend to be Charlize Theron and say the line. And that becomes the trailer. Um, that's gone. All of that work is gone. Additional voices is gone. Dubbing is gone. Voice match is gone. And, you know, it's going to become infinitely harder for anybody to break into this business. Elias Tufexis, who uh, was Adam Jensen and Deus Ex, and he's Sam Coe in Starfield. Um, you know, when Microsoft announced their partnership to make games with AI Voices a couple of weeks ago, he retweeted it. And he was like, that's why I've been telling anybody who asks me how to break into this business, don't bother. There won't be a business to break into if it's not controlled, right? And it's sad because I see so many people reaching out to me saying, oh my God, that's my dream job. What you do looks so amazing. And it is, it is a dream job. It's so fun and it's great. And if you can get work, it's amazing. And it's getting murdered. (laughs) So again, like we have to have some sort of something in place, which again is why with morphine, we're being very thoughtful about how we're going around it, about it. We're not just you know, splashing it out to everybody. It's not going to be a publicly available tool. It's going to be a B2B tool. Um, you know, there will be stop gaps to make sure that it's not just spread willy nilly (laughs) for anybody that wants it. Um, you know, we have to, we have to be thoughtful. We have to be conscious of, of, of what's at stake.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The thing that keeps occurring to me because I'm then fairly tuned in, you know, I've been covering the strike since Comic-Con. I've been, you know, atten- uh, not attending, watching the meetings. I'm not in the industry. I'm not in, I'm not a member of SAG-AFTRA. Um, the question that keeps coming up to me is once a digital bubble, a digital replica, whatever language you want to use is made, how do you even store something like that and keep it secure? Because- yeah. Technological security, digital security is already a minefield. And there's a story every week about a data leak or something getting hacked. And when it comes to likenesses, George Clooney's never going to get a digital double. And if he does, he's going to have 18 lawyers figure his contract out up and down. But for a background actor, for a journeyman actor who can't afford that kind of thing, there's, I mean, that that's getting into a whole territory of like all kinds of anxieties that, that folks have expressed during this, but it just... And I mean, they, should. You, <laughs> see, they should. Yes. And they should. Yeah, they should. It's extremely valid. Um, I mean, there I'm is like, like industry control. standard
1: security, right? Like there's there's industry standard security that, that should be put in place. There is nothing allowing for that in the current SAG contract. There is no stipulation of secure storage, which boggles my mind i i can't i cannot wrap my head around that
0: is this a question mark <laughs> sure is yeah
1: sure is um. i mean listen the, the good thing is at least vocally and again you know my views on this are very myopic i only do voiceover i don't do on camera so um there are technologies that are currently being made that would allow it kind of like glaze for uh for visual artists. Mm-hmm. It would allow a, a digital fingerprint on a voice print. So you can track it and see, you know, is somebody using my voice? Because the other thing, too, is right now your voice print is not part of your biometric data, meaning it is not copyrightable. So we, NAVA, are working nice. to get that added, especially because there are banks. Hi, this is Sissy Jones. My voice is my password, right? <laughs> Don't use that because my voice is not my password. I, I'm hip to that. Um, <laughs> that would be. But-
0: a foolish move for a
1: voice actor. <laughs> right? Oh, my God. Um, but no, they, they've been really working hard to to make sure that that is included in the next round of of definitions and legislation. So that, again, right now a character is copyrightable. So, um, you know, Lilith Clothorn, right? This is how I found my voice on so many websites. <laughs> because uh, people had taken the characters from the Owl House and uploaded them to certain companies who shall not be named and um uh if disney wanted to pursue that disney could go after that i sissy jones cannot i don't have the right to say that's my voice take it
0: down which is wild such a yeah again regulations move so much more incredibly slowly i come from a family of six or seven lawyers within one or two degrees of me including a lot of ip so I have the typical I'm not a lawyer disclaimer, but it's a really interesting area and I'll geek out about the law and looking at at contracts. I've been known to read an amicus brief for fun or a class action for entertainment. Would you like to uh, volunteer with (laughs) Nava? I mean, we need everybody. I'm not a lawyer. I know I'm kidding. Send me an email, maybe. (laughs) Because I do think it's very (laughs) important, especially because, you know, this is this is my my entertainment, my content. Temple of Geeks whole thing is pop culture. You can see a selection of my convention ops above and behind me. Yes. <laughs> you can it's see not my... Ones that's not, not from the convention. But yeah, this one from the picket line. Ooh, okay, with Jack Quaid. Who is that? Jack Quaid plays uh, Huey on the boys, oh, yeah. and he's also... He voices Boimler in Star Trek Lower Decks. Amazing. <laughs>
1: delightful,
0: <laughs> delightful character. Um, oh no, but, he's, but I mean, uh, that's another
1: thing, right? Like if, if we're all replaced by AI versions of ourselves. Where does the delight come to from? conventions?
0: Yeah. Like, do do <gasps> I conventions mean, just die? I don't imagine people are going to be lining up to meet whatever computer artist whatever cgi artist or vfx artist is making stuff the way they would for like j michael straczynski or any of the big artists or writers because humanity loves stories we love telling them to each other and a huge part of that i think for comics nerds movies everything um the big nerds the geeks who go to the conventions and pay (laughs) pay some fees where's my ewan mcgregor photo it should be down here it was so- <laughs> um we, we love to know the person it came from i love that neil Gaiman is on tumblr ask uh, answering questions from his ask box even if sometimes they're like sometimes they can be a little inane and his answer is like mm, no but sometimes <laughs> you get you know there's you can make an argument for death of the author author etc um But I love, that's one of the things I love is like the person that performance or story comes from, comes from the work they've put into it. And yeah, it's as much as a tech nerd as I am, it it does skeeve me out. The idea of generative AI being used to create dummies, for lack of a better word. Um, It sounds like what you're describing with morpheme is taking that performance, with intentionality and imbuing whatever i almost like i want to say golem but that just sounds like so much worse than what i think that creation that replica with the personality and yeah intent of the well and that's that's
1: it. the thing too is you know we're not gonna we're not gonna rename our voices like jenny or jonathan like it's actually going to be sissy jones it's going to be you know whichever other actors we're working with Um, one of the arguments i've seen from uh from people who really want us to vote yes is uh that it's so expensive to create a digital replica it's so expensive and listen some of them are very expensive however that gets cheaper by the day that gets cheaper by the day and if it means number one, that that certain producers can pay more today to wipe us out and save on our fees in two years, they will do that. They'll take a short-term loss. The other thing is that the production companies will inevitably make deals with the technology companies who will give them a steep discount so that the technologies then also own the data, right? So it's not just the production companies that we're giving all of this to, it's the technology partners that they are going to ultimately partner with again, there has to be some thought to the human cost of this.
0: Yeah. And then you get into first sale doctrine territory. Do you know what first sale doctrine is? Is So if, if you don't, okay. So if I buy something from a car dealership, I can immediately turn around and sell it to anyone I want. Once you buy a thing, it is Mm. yours. Ownership transfers to you and you have the right to whatever you want with it. It gets more complex when you're dealing with likenesses, performances, etc. Um Tesla has this whole thing where you're not allowed to resell a Cybertruck within the first year. I don't know all the ins and outs of that, but when I saw it I was like that doesn't seem legal, but neither does a lot of things I see from <laughs> that zone of humanity within the framework that I understand from the summary of the tentative agreement is you have to consent to your likeness being used, your digital replica being used, you must have a reasonable expectation, a reasonable description, reasonably detailed description, I believe was the language, but I'd have to pull that PDF up. But once, and it can only be used, you know, as negotiated for a single episode or a single film, with the exception of multi-film franchises, et cetera, et cetera. There are some rough guidelines around it, but then what happens to that copy? What happens if the person who owns the technology with which it was made or in which it is stored gets sold. There needs to be language around retaining that right to your likeness. Cause we can at a broad level. It's all about privacy and the right to your likeness. But in practice, when a, that little piece, that instance of your likeness is in some crypto, sorry, some blockchain locked, box somewhere and it gets sold and someone else has the key now you've lost control of that as a performer as a person yeah. and that's what skews me out and I don't I haven't seen a response to that and it it's down the line but the technology is moving exponentially fast yeah yeah which is it's really scary brought us on such a downer but I'll plug one of my other favorite podcasts which is called Exponential View with Azim Azar. It's a really good place to learn about emerging technologies, and AI is a very, uh, very common topic of the pod right now because it's not just entertainment. It's all over the place. I mean, here's like, I
1: I did an interview uh, with some people last week, and one of the guys was like, why aren't we using AI to get plastic out of the ocean? And I was like, "Ah, that! Can we do that? Like, why does it have to be like writers and actors and
0: (laughs) Uh, okay i'll give you a fun a a great one my my favorite of my pods because i'm a pod addict um i think my that's the app i listen to is podcast addict but ologies um with ali ward um shout out dad ward we love you had an episode i think it was ologies it might have been the wild with chris morgan who I found out about from ologies it's one of the two it was about whales and how a group of scientists like marine biologists and and the confluence of that with technology were using AI to learn how what killer whales communicate with each other it was because that is something that would take a human so long you might not even be able to do that as a human and It's really fascinating. It's a great episode. I'll see if I can look it up and put it in the show notes. They're both great podcasts, Ologies and The Wild. Um, I'm just going to go on a little tangent about this because it's so interesting. Um, If you're unfamiliar with the family dynamics of cetaceans, um, (laughs) with... (laughs) track hire me for, st- for cessation ops i want to be a beluga whale and i want to run navigation on your amazing start- i'm here for it um they have um pretty integrated and um what's the word complex family social structures and with that comes essentially whale slang and there was mm. a pod of whales that this podcast had haha <laughs> a pod about pods um <laughs> Now I want to do a whale-based podcast. I'm not qualified. (laughs) A pod of pods. Um, um, They essentially had followed this pod with, like, three generations of, like, the grandmother, down another generation, and these two um, offspring, sisters, I think, that had kind of split up. And as they were studying the language, the, you know, the clicks and whistles, I they noticed that they had these two really similar slangs that they were a little bit different, but it clearly come from higher up in the linguistic evolutionary tree. And I was just so delighted oh, by so cool. that.
1: Yeah. That's so cool.
0: Yeah. I love the take that, um, you know, we could be using AI to automate, you know, manual labor and data entry so that the artists could do art. And instead, <laughs> Somehow people have gotten it all switched around because there's tons of practical, helpful uses for that yeah. technology. Like, listen yeah. to whale. Yeah. I mean, come on. Um, yeah. I do. I do believe it was The Wild with Chris.
1: Send it to me. You'll have to find it and send it to me.
0: Oh, I will. I can recommend a podcast all day long, except for true crime. I don't really... <laughs> I'd rather learn about Same. wheels. And Gives me nightmares, stuff.
1: which <laughs> like is great because and... uh, my involvement in the Texas Chainsaw Massacres just came out, and that definitely
0: gave me nightmares. <laughs> oh my gosh! What kind of uh, what kind of project was that? Is it somewhere did they do a game? Video game. It's a video game. It's a, game. Uh, it's, a it's a DLC
1: from the <clears throat> game that came out last year. Oh, cool! So, yeah.
0: <clears throat> so, if you are a gamer, <laughs> you should get that, and then you can listen to Sissy some more.
1: And if you're not into, uh, you know, that kind of gaming, uh, might I also recommend American Arcadia, which just came out last week. It's, uh, me and Yuri Lowenthal and Kritzi Bajos, who is about to be top of everyone's n- mind. She's just about to blow up. Um, but it's this really fun game that's like a cross between, um, the Truman show and Logan's run.
0: It's really cool. That's really, it's really cool. cool. That's really cool. It's the weekend after Thanksgiving, um, so when you listen to this, it may be this coming weekend, we shall see what date this goes up, but it will be before Los Angeles comic-con where Sissy, you are both on the AI and entertainment panel and you're a guest, right? Are you a guest? Uh, yes.
1: I'm also doing a panel with some other voice actors who, uh, were on the all house with me.
0: I'm so sad. I can't go now. I would, I was going to have a panel. I was going to do a, uh, house with disabilities panel. However, I had surgery come up four days before, and oh. now I'm I'm so sad that I can't go to that. <laughs> it Sounds delightful. I love the Owl House. Y'all were robbed. You should have gotten more. It was a delightful show, and it I recommend. It was a delightful it. show. A delightful thank show. Thank I'm gonna rewatch it after surgery. That'll be delightful. Um, I so,
1: highly recommend it.
0: It oh, holds up. For Ooh, sure. Oh, no worries. It's. I've been going for a while. Go us. Um, do you know what time and room the AI and Entertainment panel is?
1: Ooh, let me check my schedule. Um, I know it is on December 2nd. Here we go. It's December 2nd at 1 p.m. in room 304
0: ABC. So if you're going to LA Comic Con, you should go to that. Um, let me see if there's anything else. I think we, we touched on so much stuff and you touched on your projects. Um, anything else that's coming up that hasn't already dropped and where can people follow the great Sissy Jones on the interwebs? (laughs)
1: Um, I have a lot of things coming out, but I can't talk about any of them because it's all under NBA. Um, uh, you can find me mostly on Instagram at Sissy Speaks, uh, I'll check in on Twitter every now and then, but uh, not so often. Um, yeah, Instagram mostly is where I'm at. Um, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. At sissy I, I, tried, Instagram. Hmm? I tried doing a TikTok page for a minute, but uh, apparently uh, sissy is considered hate speech. And so they like buried my page.
0: <laughs> Speaking of like, AI being used in nonsensical ways. Yeah. That's a different that's a different rant. Yep. But that's unfortunate. (laughs) Well Instagram it is. (laughs) Instagram. Instagram it is. Um I don't have an outro. So catch Sissy at LA Comic Con AI and Entertainment and on her Instagrams and Stay tuned for what happens with NAVA, with the tentative agreement. sag voting closes December 5th, so there should be yes. some news in
1: the next couple of weeks. For anybody who is interested in being a voice actor, um, please, please, please check out NAVA.org, uh, NAVAvoices.org. Um, the stuff they're doing for the voice acting community as a whole, just the general advocas- advocacy is amazing, and there are tracts for you know beginners how to you know get in that way and there are tracks for people who have some experience and maybe want to do something else and there are tracks for professionals um there's constant education happening uh there's access to healthcare. um check out novavoices.org it is unparalleled in uh in what it's offering to the voiceover community
0: that's awesome and they're looking for volunteers sounds like if you have
1: we're looking for members
0: we want as many members as
1: want to be a part. Um, the more the, if we can walk into a room with 20,000 members it carries a lot of weight when we're walking into Absolutely. DC and all these various offices.
0: Sweet. Navavoices.org. Yep, There right. Awesome. All right, with that, we're going to close out. Thank you, Sissy.
1: Thank you so much. Happy Thanksgiving if this comes out before then, and happy December. If not, uh, I really (laughs) appreciate talking with you. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah.